Welcome to Respawn Aim Fire to Kick Ass Run the Gaming Podcast. I'm Ralph Liddy. It's I'm gonna host Adam. I've got a couple things to say, Gumbert, but I just gotta get through this because apparently things are happening in the video. Today we're joined by with me, the guest of the show, co-host, Chad Michael Ennis. I was here. I'm talking on the show. My microphone is on. I cannot stop talking on the show. This is me talking, and I'm talking now. This was the choice I made to talk on the show. Chad thought he was being clever in the opening, but in fact. <laughs> uh, and we also have Alex, it's dark in here, Kozina. Hip, hip, and toodaloo, my <laughs> podcast hosts. And whatever weird things they say over here in London. Oh as you know, God. if you had listened to the previous episode of Respawning Fire, they <laughs> deported me to ye old England Ported. because of... Yeah, ported me, not deported, <laughs> ported. It's more efficient that way. And so, yeah, I've been stuck here. It's been weird because I was in London over the summer, you know, I had a great time there as a tourist. And when they said, hey, we're porting you to London, I'm like, I mean, I'm not upset about that because it seemed like a totally nice city that I could see myself living in if I needed to. But yeah, I guess this is where I'm at now. <laughs> it's so funny. He looks like he's like a man on the street, you know? <laughs> it's not just like... Reporting live from where the only picture that people take of London. Um, you can catch us live on twitch.tv slash Apple at Sunday evenings at 8.30. YouTube and podcast services at 9 a.m. I've got two things before Cozy gets to a thing before we get to our stories. By the way, it's Thanksgiving week in America. Yeah, it is. Maybe not a lot of news happens when it's Thanksgiving. It's fine. Hang out with us. Uh, first thing first. When I first... Everyone, not everyone knows. So whenever we get on here, a lot of us, we jump on Twitch so we can moderate the chat. So if you're here on twitch.tv slash affiliates, Sunday evenings live, we can talk to you. Um, but every time I load up Twitch, is always funny because I'm like, what's on the front page? Because it's always at least one person playing piano. You know, we make a joke about it. When I turned it on this time, the first thing it showed me was a VTuber, which, you know, is a person who Hell has yeah. like an anime person instead of their real face. Right, right. This fucking... I turned it on at the exact moment that I guess there was a glitch, and one of the boobs on the VTuber was bouncing just like <laughs> comically wow. long. Like it, like up above the head and then back down and back, back Why and forth. Why are we streaming this? We should just restream that. It was hilarious. Uh, and the other thing is also... Why do they call it the little death? Like That sounds way worse than what it actually is. What is the little death? Google it, kids. I'm Googling it. Should I private browse this? No, you're okay. fine. You're an adult. You know, what is the about. little death? La petite mort. Oh wow, you said it in French. Yeah, and you actually that's what comes you, up. That's the very first. You didn't thing. pronounce the T, which is actually how you're supposed to pronounce Bitch, it. Bitch, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know how many letters you're supposed. There are only actually three letters in French. Everything else yeah. is silent. Have you figured out what it is? The brief loss or weakening of consciousness. When you... The sensation of post-orgasm as likened to death. Okay. Which is a weird way to look at it. It's like, ah, I'm dead. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Anyways, uh, moving on. Before we get to main quest, somebody has something it's they want to talk about. It's a 2014 movie. Yes. Oh. Okay. Uh, and it is a 2014 movie. Uh, yes. Thank you, Adam. Uh, so, uh, recently... 
uh, kind of funny, which is a YouTube slash entertainment channel that we all love and adore, uh, announced that they are doing their next round of their up and comer program, which is where uh, they will be shipping out people from all over the world, although likely just the United States of America, uh, to come and participate in some of the activities that they do uh, at their San Francisco based office for a week. This is primarily a kind of portfolio building exercise. The people that, you know, go to this don't necessarily go to work for kind of funny afterwards although the last time they did this blessing at Oye jr was one of the up-and-comers and now he's one of the faces of the company so it potentially is like a pretty major opportunity if you're someone who is looking to advance their uh video internet fun time career like me uh i am throwing my hat in the ring to participate in the kind of funny up-and-comer for the year 2024 however and I want to be very, very clear on this point. I am not applying to be an on-camera personality guy. I am applying uh, to be a behind-the-scenes, running-the-shows tech kind of guy, Ooh. akin to what Kevin Coelho or Barrett Courtney do on those various shows. I want to be the kind of guy who's pushing all the levers and knobs behind the scenes, uh, making sure that the stream is running okay. Because, to be honest, like while I consider myself to be a decent host, I think that my... Where my passion really lies is in the nitty-gritty minutia of coming up with the best and most kick-ass, uh, most technologically impressive like OBS stream that you can possibly muster. If you're familiar with me from any of my past work on Press YYZ, uh, the Cozy Bear baking streams, cooking streams, you'll know that those streams in particular feature a lot of fancy-schmancy effects that took a lot of time, but were definitely a labor of love on my part, because I really care about streams that really kind of push the medium as much as possible technologically. And so, yeah, um, if you've enjoyed the content that I've done over the years, you can go to kindoffunny.com slash up and comer. Uh, and it would mean the world if you nominated me, told them, hey, this Cozy Bear fellow really uh, wants to do cool behind-the-scenes shit at your company, akin to what Kevin and Barrett do. Uh, he's real good with OBS. You can uh, refer to some of my work on PressYZ, my personal Twitch channel, or here on Respawning Fire uh, if they want some references. You can definitely point to some of the recent uh, game show videos that we did, because I think those definitely speak to Again, my talents, my prowess, my uh, passion for the medium of OBS, as it were. Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, of course, this is obviously all voluntary. I do want to mention, um, on the video in which they announced that they were doing this up-and-comer thing once more, they very much were like, hey, we don't really want people to be campaigning for the up-and-comer nominations this year like they did in years past. I don't know if you guys remember, but last time they did it, just before the pandemic struck, like it got a little bit out of control with like the amount of like crazy like presidential stump speeches people were giving <laughs> yeah. to, to receive the nomination. I actually did. You can go to my personal YouTube channel, which is just Cozy Bear, and you can find three Kazina for Kind of Funny directs that I did, which were Nintendo Direct-style videos in which I did like the whole Nintendo Direct transition-y thing and basically gave like seven-minute long speeches explaining, well, this is what I would do over at Kind of Funny. And yeah, those if were... If interesting <laughs> to make, um, but I will not be doing anything akin to that. I will be continuing to do the things I always do, uh, you know, participating in Respawning Fire, maybe even doing some of my own Twitch stuff, but I will not be going out of my way to be like, hey, here's content I'm specifically making for 
the campaign trail. 100%. Let's get cozy to freaking San Francisco and and help become the next Kevin Coelho. Second thing, if you go to youtube.com slash at Cozy Bear, there are three campaign videos, but they are about 30 to 45 second clips of this girl named Nani, who one what? of them says, Nani, había un chorito? One of them says, Nani, where is Thumpkin? It's this little girl. <laughs> she has six subscribers, and these are all posted 16 years ago. I don't think I made any of those videos. If you link to those in your nominations for me, I don't think that they will take too kindly to that. I think they'll be very confused. Um, but I, I guess I can't stop you either. Uh, so, yeah. Oh, and my uh, spelling, and Cozy Bear is K-O-Z-I-B-E-A-R, right? One word. Yep. Yes. It popped up for me. No way. This I'm going to put this in our Discord here real quick, and this is going to fuck up okay. the stream for a half a second. But this is what wow. I'm seeing when I go to youtube.com slash cozy bear. Mm-hmm. By the way, yes, everyone. <laughs> wow, that's wild. Uh, yeah, everyone go check out Cozy Bear. Give him a nomination. I would say just look at the game shows to be like, oh, yeah, this guy is good at that thing. I will now look at this link. How does that, how does that show up differently for us? I don't know. I, I will say, if you want, like, the specific, like, the, my name on uh, YouTube is Cozy Bear, but, like, the specific version of it with the numbers after it is at Cozy Bear 7231. I don't know if that helps or not. Uh, uh, Twitch yes. is yes. twitch.tv slash Cozy Bear Live, uh, of course. Okay, you do need um, the numbers, yeah. 7231. Yeah, I found them. They look, I cannot wait to watch these once we're done. Anyways. Uh, jumping off of that, speaking of Twitch, uh, a couple days ago, went over on Twitter and said, hey, uh, say I streamed, uh, I returned to streaming on my personal Twitch channel at some point in the near future. Uh, What would you be most interested in watching me do? And I made a little poll. I put baking as one option. I put playing Pokemon mods as a second option. And I put building Bionicles as my third option. And 64% of you that participated in the poll said, we want to see you do baking. So you know what? I think that cooking with Cozy Bear might be coming back. Ooh, child, but, things are gonna get easier. But I don't have any timeline for exactly when to expect it back. I want this to be done right. I want this to be a professional product that everyone will be able to appreciate, and I want it to be something that isn't going to kill me because I imposed an arbitrary date by which I have to have it up and running. <laughs> so look forward to it, but understand that if a week from now I'm like, yeah, I still don't have any news on when to expect it, it's not because I'm sitting on my ass not working on it. It's because I don't want to tire myself out. Because that's definitely what happened first time around and why I stopped doing those streams earlier in the year. So yeah, um, but look forward to it. How how are you integrating Bionicles into your baking? Can it be a Bionicles-only I mean, baking stream somehow? So back when I did the like cooking streams like back in the day during the first few runs, what I would do is I had like a prize wheel. And basically, I allowed people to like make me spin the prize wheel if they like subbed a certain amount or if they redeemed like a channel point reward. And one of the like spots on the prize wheel was read from one of the Bionicle books. <laughs> and so I would read a little bit from the Bionicle book at a time. And I thought when I was kind of like toying around with the idea of bringing these streams back, I was like, what if I just do like a series of streams in which I just read the books from front to back, but apparently that gets into some icky copyright stuff. Oh, so yeah. I 
decided to forego that. There will still be Bionicles featured on the streams, but um, I don't have any specific details yet okay. Okay. on how they will be integrated. Put them in the pie. Put the pieces of the Bionicles in your pie. <laughs> good stuff. So That's it, what it is. It's a dessert. You package it, you bite into it, and you get each piece of the Bionicle in a different like Swiss cake roll or like a little for the record. <laughs> I want this for the record. Two of my cakes growing up were both Bionicle-themed cakes Fuck at yeah. my birthday parties. I don't have any pictures of them right here. I definitely 100,000% need to find those photos because they exist and they were great. They're back in Canada. Uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Moving on to our main quest. Thank you, Cozy, for all that. Everyone check them out. Good stuff. Rumors on Switch 2 Power from Charlie. How do you say that last name, Chad? Watch my holes. Charlie at IGN. Uh, <laughs> sources have reportedly told Digital Foundry that the custom NVIDIA T239 chip, rumored to be in the next iteration of Nintendo Switch, does not include deep learning accelerator capability, which may have a bigger, uh, big impact on its DLSS upscaling capabilities. With DLA, DLSS, upscaling would be uh, eff effectively be free, or at least required uh, quite a bit, like, a bit less CPU power. Without it, the Switch 2 may be limited to 1080p or possibly 1440p if you're lucky, depending on the game. Uh, these estimations are based on broad equivalent hardware and remain far from confirmed. However, it potentially puts a dent in Switch 2's capabilities, which have been rumored to be in the range of the Xbox Series S. A lot of mumbo-jumbo, and a lot of just like, we're taking what's already out on the market and, and applying it. But, um, yeah, maybe not 4K for Switch 2. It's Wackles. Everyone on the Twitch stream heard me click the howtopronounce.com oh. link, but you guys did not, so it's, it's Wackles. Charlie Wackles. Sorry about that. Um, so yeah, just some, some rumors in Digital Foundry. Again, those are guys you trust over there doing some work about like Switch 2 might still not be a 4K console, but probably doesn't matter. But yeah, that's and, and the fact of the matter is, I mean, I feel like this is a little bit more in line with what we should have expected out of a Switch 2 to begin with. When we got all those rumors that Nintendo was relying on the power of AI to bring breathtaking experiences like the Matrix demo to the Switch 2, it was like, wow, this is really cool. And this is very anti-Nintendo. It'd be great if this is true, but there's reason to be doubtful. And it seems like those doubts are now coming to pass um, but that doesn't mean the Switch 2 won't still be, you know, decent looking, but we'll see. I don't think that the Switch is any serious gamer's main console. I don't think that it's anyone's like, this is going, this is how I play any and all of my games. And I game, I'm a gamer, gamer through and through capital G V M E R S gamers like that's not that's not that that was the the youtube channel that alex used to write for um it is the so with that being said like this might be the smart move no one's buying a nintendo switch for the 4k raw processing power if you are a a hardcore gamer you're buying it kind of for the portability of it right and portability i mean even the the eight inch screen on the playstation portal is still 1080p you might not need it to be 4K. And with that, you do get more freedom for larger assets, for better ray tracing capabilities, for all of these other things that you can do more of at 1080p that you wouldn't be able to do necessarily at 4K to make this a more viable handheld machine. And maybe Nintendo has a lot of, of like user data on like 
docked usage versus handheld usage and maybe they're like you know leaning towards that for a specific reason but i uh, this might be the right move it's easy to make fun of nintendo for not being 4k even though that's been the standard for so long now but it might be the right move for them i think it's just important to make sure that dlss works on it just so again yeah i'm with you it doesn't need to be 4k but being able to have common stuff run on it would be nice so i think it needs to It'd be nice to have that technology in there. I yeah. I don't think we're gonna get to a place where Nintendo makes a game that's easy to use on their system. They've never done it. They've never done it. Mm-hmm. Porting something to the Nintendo has always been like the Nintendo Wii had a completely different studio and a completely different game for Spider-Man three than than your Xbox three sixty or PS3 did. The 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 we're never going to get to a point where it's like, oh, yeah, we can just use the same stuff and it's an x64 architecture and it's just we're just going to lower the settings for Nintendo Switch. They're going to make you do some shitty porting service for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't think I don't think DLSS or even any kind of like machine learning. Accelerating hardware is going to be on the chip at all. And so they're going to they're going to force you to do it with that or with cloud versions. Hopefully this like cuts out the cloud versions and makes things run more natively. But, yeah, you're definitely going to have to still do some work on it. Well, if it's an NVIDIA chip, it would have DLSS capability just because it's an NVIDIA chip, right? Oh, not necessarily. I mean, the Nintendo Switch right now runs on an NVIDIA chip. Mm. DLSS specifically is an NVIDIA yeah. feature, like it is developed by them. But there are similar features for from other companies. Like AMD yeah, yeah. has, I forget what AMD's is called, but... Oh, what's it called? FDR or something? <laughs> Franklin <laughs> Delano <laughs> Roosevelt. <laughs> something like that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, interesting. I just do, I do when a... Again, it doesn't matter. They'll be fine. It will be cool if they can take advantage of any of that and do it for their own games because, you know, Nintendo's good at making their own stuff look good. Yeah. Just imagine if Mario, like, you could see the beads of sweat on him, you know? Yeah. I'll be honest. Mm, Even playing Super Mario RPG, I was like, "Mm, there are some times when, like, the text is a little fuzzy. Or, Mm -hmm. like, it would be, I would love Mm -hmm. if that shit was more crisp. Just clean those edges up, for sure. Uh, All right. We're going to go ahead and move on to playtime talking about playtime because that is the time that you played stuff uh chad you can go ahead and go first why not Wait a I, hold on hold on hold on, uh, hold on oh okay we're gonna do your guys's alan wake stuff at the end because you guys both played it so you do that together at the end of like so, at the end of playtime or at the end of at the end of playtime okay 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 so go ahead with your other thing that you played <laughs> alex will go to his other thing that he played and then we'll end on alan wake too because okay, i okay, only okay, played okay, more okay, Baldur's okay. gate 3 well, there's more to say it's a fantastic fucking game it's the greatest game you know real quick Mm-hmm. I think the reason I like it so much is because it's like Mass Effect. Oh mm. shit! All the the character party stuff. I'm like, oh yeah, this is this is why people like Mass Effect because get to talk with all these people and have relationships. But anyways, you go ahead and go on to your thing, Chad, and then cozy, and then we'll end with Alan Wake too. I bought a one dollar Game Pass Ultimate subscription for fourteen days and used that to knock out one half of my barf for the Podigody season. Uh, and played Hi-Fi Rush. And I played about, I don't know, three, three and a half hours of Hi-Fi Rush. Got through, um, there's this volcano type location. I think it's like the third world or something like that. And was not into this game a lot. Not, um, it seems like something that should be right up my alley. The art style is really, really great. The, the, um, the rhythm and music being at the core of the entire experience seems like it would be right up my alley, but there were just a few things that felt off to me 
that I couldn't I couldn't do it. There there was not enough latency to like cause a bad experience, but the fact that you're you're in this game, you're you're running through these levels, which are basic, like really simple, like Ratchet and Clank type platforming levels, right? You're like doing some basic platforming, jumping from thing to thing. You get to an arena, you fight some people, you move to the next one. There is like light elements of of like a, a, a high action, stylish action game, like Bayonetta or Devil May Cry, and that you're like you're building up your combo meter, you're trying to go as long as you can without getting hit, and you're trying to do different combos with your music-based attacks in order to get a better score. But it, feel, it, it feels like basic versions of those, both of those. Like, not really engaging platforming, not super engaging combat, but the thing that just turned me off to it entirely was the fact that your button press does not equal a swing on the beat that you press it. And so the whole time, the mm. music is going in 4-4, right? And the combos generally take place in a 4-4, or it, if you do, like, your timed bonus thing, it's, like, in a two-bar, so, like eight beats so i'm pushing four things for i'm pushing x four times but instead of hitting it on beat one two three four with the strong downbeat like i'm doing it it's hitting on beats two three four five or two three four one of the next measure and so it just feels off and then by the time i hit the final hit on the one of the next measure it then i can't I can't feel like I can do anything for more, like three more beats because it feels weird and unnatural to not start an attack on a downbeat. Um, so that I, I couldn't get used to it. I just played it for several hours, got through a lot of the game, and I just could not get used to the fact that me hitting the button did not equal an attack for sometimes up to... Because it also doesn't... Like, the next available beat is when your attack will hit. So if I hit it late, like not, on rhythm, not in rhythm, then it might be right after that. But if I hit it on the beat, then it's going to wait an entire beat. So that could be as much as a second delays and so yeah i just couldn't get into it everything was a little bit basic the humor didn't really hit for me it felt like like a saturday morning cartoon like kid like it would be funny for kids watching it but it just didn't land with me and uh yeah the rhythm part of it just bugged me a lot felt weird and icky this is, and gross this is a game that you know upon its release early in the year you know garnered you know incredible accolades i remember way back when people saying wow game of the year might already be here and it's called hi-fi rush you know after your time with the game do you feel like you can see what people were referring to when they said that while admitting that it wasn't for you or are you like do you feel like uh it, it was just more the the kind of surprise of like how unexpected and you know solid of an experience it was in the moment kind of like supercharged people's like overall opinion on it and that with some distance, the game probably was not deserving of the praise it got in the moment. I think part of it is because it came out so early in the year that there wasn't much out. And we also didn't know a lot of what was coming out the rest of the year. I mean, we knew Starfield, we knew Baldur's Gate, but like we didn't know the rest of it. Um, so maybe people were just like, oh shit, like this could be a contender. It also might be that by the end of the game, some wild narrative stuff happens. From what I could tell though, it just, it seems like it's, you went in to go get a cool robot part and there's company who's like looking to control everyone who has robot parts, but there's, they have a secret agenda and it's like, is not, it's, it's very cartoon villain type stuff. So I don't know. I, it's a novel enough idea that I think, and, and it was new and fresh just mm. for me, it wasn't well executed and maybe it wouldn't bug people who aren't as musically inclined as I am. I place a stupid amount of instruments and 
I'm super great at Beat Saber. So maybe if like you don't know what music is or what a downbeat is or or if any you don't of that know shit, what music is, yeah, you don't know what music is, and your whole life you've never heard a melody. Maybe it will feel better to you, or that doesn't bug you or bother you, and therefore it's like a novel thing that you're really into. But for me, it was just like, oh, I, I, it just felt gross the whole time. Man, I um. You know, it's funny that you, you know, didn't have all that great of an experience with this because time is running out for me to complete games before we get to the game awards. And I've been looking at the docket and this game might be the next game that I play because it's relatively short by all accounts. And it seems like something that I'd be able to reasonably finish in time for the award show and then potentially have room for something a little bit extra. I still probably will play it, all things considered, although now I wonder if I need to hi-fi rush to play it oh was it nominated for music that was the other thing that surprised me was it nominated for music Mm -hmm. i think so that surprised me because the music and i was expecting to be like blown away or like really into like how music is integrated into this stuff and it really i mean some of it some of it was licensed music like actual music and a lot of it was original music made by the hi-fi rush team but it's not really integrated in a in a way that's that is anything fancy like most of the entire levels are the same four bars over and over and over while you're doing shit and then you get to the boss and the boss has like a oh here's a nine inch nail song that we're doing things to but it's still not anything that blows my skirt up the game got a total of five nominations best score in music best art direction best audio design best action game and innovation in accessibility yeah cozy i would say play it Okay. Chad, that's fine, you know, his opinion is valid. Um, but as someone who beat the game and was on a, a podcast to talk with like five other people who also played it, and we all really liked it. So maybe yeah, it's just I mean, a I've only heard thing. good things about it. It just did not, did not click with me. Yeah, but unless, right. but you remember, you have to be bad at music to like the game. So That's right, yeah. Let it get that all that out of your yeah, head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you have to not know what music is. If you, you have, have to appreciate the music of high Do not rush. play this game. <laughs> No, because that's to go for it. It's short enough. And I think Chad also stopped like right where again, it's it's a dumb thing. I do think the game just gets better as you play the game. But if you're not feeling it, you don't feel it, and that's fine. Move what cha- on. what but, changes about it as you go from to the last like later parts of the game? I mean, you just there's new abilities. There's a level that is very heavily inspired by Persona 5. Okay. There's a lot of really cool stuff um as you move along through the game. Really cool bosses, really tough fights. Um, new abilities, you build out your crew. Uh, so yeah, again, I, I'm shocked that you didn't like it, but you know, it's fine. Not everyone likes everything. So, but yeah, go for it, Cozy. Yeah, so the other game that I played over the course of the past two weeks, excluding Alan Wake 2, which we'll get to the end, is Cocoon. This is the game that was uh, my barf-voted game for the months of November and December. And let me tell you, Guys, when it comes to Indie Game of the Year, Cocoon is the bomb.com. Whoa. This game is really, really good, and I think fully deserving of all of the accolades that it has received. Uh, it, it's tough, because like Cocoon does not have you know story spoilers in the way that something like Alan Wake 2 does, but I am still hesitant to get super in detail into this game, because this game has crazy ass puzzles and crazy ass solutions to those puzzles that i really really don't want to spoil 
uh, for either of you or anybody that might be listening to this podcast, because it is one of those games that needs to be seen to be believed. And also, to be honest, I feel like I would not do a very good job of describing what some of the puzzles are even like, because it is one of those games where it's like, wow, this is four dimensional chess on a level that I could have never conceived um, had I not played this game and, you know, been able to experience it. So, yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. If you play one indie prestige indie game this year, play Cocoon, because that was great and a, a very easy platinum. Uh, again, I won't spoil so much uh, in the game, but the game does this really interesting thing where because there are no branching paths, because there are no skill trees, there are, there's like no customizability because it's almost purely just a puzzle experience. The game allows you to backtrack throughout its campaign via percentage. So like you can literally be like, I want to go back to where I was at 1% of the way through the campaign. 22%, 47%. And that makes it so incredibly easy uh, to mop up any remaining trophies in it that I had missed while playing through it. So yeah, great game and very enjoyable and convenient platinum. And short. I know the normal game is like five. What's the platinum? What, six probably hours? Total? Not even that. It's like Not five even. five hours and like 10 minutes. Like yeah, that's yeah. literally how long it takes because of the way, again, that you can backtrack the campaign. And I do love how, as a puzzle game, you can't really, like, overthink. You can't really fuck yourself. You can't be like, oh, I'm going to try to do this and it not work. Like, there's basically like, oh, do the thing, and then the thing works. And, like, that's, you do the thing, yeah. which I love instead of, like, well, find the combination. And I'm like, I guess I'll just sit here and enter every number possible because I don't <laughs> feel like we're going to this level and figure it out. It's like, no, just do the thing, and then that will beat the puzzle, which is very cool. Mm. Um, you might be surprised to know that the bomb.com <clears throat> is actually, uh, -oh. uh, cozy said this game was the bomb.com and it is actually a game that has video, or I mean a site that has video games on it. It has like a little generic looking dual sense controller on it. It says play the bomb.com games and they have four games available. One is called sloping path. One is called orange drop. There's house painter and starship. And these are all games you can play online at the bomb.com. I wonder I what dubomb.com is. Hold on. Before we go to dubomb.com, I am in intrigued by what's going on with thebomb.com because you land on the website and mm -hmm. this is what it says. We asked you, and the feedback was quite clear, you want online games on thebomb.com. We have a few games that are ready to play now and we'll add more games weekly. If you have game requests, ideas, or feedback, please contact us. Who, like, I have so many questions. Who is you? Who is, who are the people running the website? Like, Alex. what are these online <laughs> games? What is any of this? It gets better because that same language is like verbatim over and over for different things. The first one is games. As you scroll down, it's an email address. You can get your name at thebomb.com email address. And then it says, we value community input. Let us know if but you jive with this idea. Hold on a second. <clears throat> About the email address, here's what it says. Uh, want your own at the bomb.com email address? Well, we, we want to offer it to you, dot, dot, dot. We just don't uh, quite know how we're going to pull that off yet. There's, what? There's also... What are you doing? If you scroll down... What are down, you doing, the bomb.com? There is uh, a green bubble text message service, a joke of the day service that you can sign up for, and they will text you saying, good morning. What kind of shoes do ninjas wear? Sneakers. Have a bomb diggity day. 
<laughs> and then the person wrote back to them, hey, I just wanted to say thank you for the great puns every day. Although it's just a bit, it makes my day better. <laughs> this is, this is, by the way, edit. read underneath that. The, where it says joke of the day to see what we just keep reading this website it gets crazy we're talking about $300 a week just keep going keep going but anyway go oh, ahead Alex. this is a, like either this is an NFT scam or this is like a very like all of this like vagueness is like an intentional joke on the part of whoever made this to just make like a very weird website which if it's a ladder I respect that there's literally a button that says memes don't <laughs> click this <laughs> there's a part towards the very very bottom that says cast your vote for personal shout outs and the four votes are, I want to be on the bomb.com. My cat is the bomb.com. I don't like anyone. I'm depressed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, I clicked on the don't click this button, and uh -huh. it brought me to a YouTube video of that. I really, I was really hoping it was going to be Rickroll, but then it says this video isn't available anymore. Uh, we should yeah, have, have that redirect to your YouTube.com slash Cozy Bear. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, I sh we should. <clears throat> The little girl, not you. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All um, right, guys. Yeah. Alan Wake. Alan you too. Wake 2. Uh, so I beat it at, at 1 a.m. last night after 21 hours of gameplay. Alex has platinumed the thing. I'll probably have it platinum. I have. By the end of tonight, probably. The, the platinum, not that bad. Not as fast as something like a cocoon, but... Thankfully, the game does not ask you to like play the game again on super hard difficulty mode. It's actually kind of surprising how few things the game asks of you uh, in terms of platinuming it. It's not that bad at all. I was, I'll be honest, I got a lot of the things along the way. Like I explored a bunch, but there were like mm. cult stashes that I missed and things like that. Um, now you you can make a, it makes you make a manual save before like the point of no return. And then you can go back and get collectibles. God, right. I wish I had done this all when it was daylight outside. Because it is so much tougher to find these little uh, Casey Anthony lunchboxes and everything Casey in, in the middle of the night. It is really tough. So, um, but yeah, you're right. It, it, it's not too bad. Like what I have to clean up is maybe an hour or two worth of stuff and I should be done with it. Uh, Alex, tell me tell me your thoughts on Alloy 2 and then I'll talk to you about my thoughts on Alloy 2. Spoiler here's free, of course. Spoiler free. Spoiler yeah, free. We'll, we'll try to keep it spoiler free. Uh, here's the thing. I actually want to issue an apology. Oh, shit. Um, when I was on this podcast two weeks ago, I talked about how I was a few hours into Alan Wake 2, mm -hmm. and I was real strong on the game. I was like, man, this game is great. The vibes are excellent. This is truly a fantastic game. This might be one of my games of the year. And, you know, reflecting on that podcast... I realize that that's something I tend to do a lot on Respawning Fire. I'll have come in having just played a couple of hours of a game I just started, and I'll be like, man, I'm loving it so far. I think it's great. I think it's fantastic. And on more than a few occasions, ultimately, when I got around to experiencing the rest of the game, I didn't walk away as glowing as I was uh, after those first few hours. And so going forward, going forward is Penance, <laughs> I will try not to talk about these games when I've just played the first few hours of them, because I feel like that doesn't tend to reflect super well on me going forward. This game, Alan Wake 2, has a lot of great stuff going for it. The vibes are, all that said, really great. I think that the game is a real gnarly horror experience. I think that the it, it's kind of like rendition of uh, Bright Falls is like, 
lovingly crafted. Uh, the locations that you explore as Alan Wake are uh, equally evocative. I think that the game does a really good job of like following up on and paying tribute to like a host of characters and plot threads that have been set up over the course of the past like 13 years since the release of the original Alan Wake and really like doing right by them. Um, I talked a little bit about this on Twitter shortly after I beat the game. The game reminds me a lot of Metal Gear Solid 4 Guns of the Patriots in that similar story with Metal Gear Solid 4, where that game was basically serving as like a wrap up slash conclusion to like a decade plus of plot points by that point in time, trying to kind of follow up on characters that were introduced in the original Metal Gear Solid, Metal Gear Solid 2, Metal Gear Solid 3, and trying to kind of wrap it up all in a nice bow. And I think much like Metal Gear Solid 4, it is very successful on that front. However, also like Metal Gear Solid 4, I feel like the game's combat doesn't give itself enough the game doesn't give its combat enough time to really shine. It doesn't give the player, me the player, enough opportunities to really kind of like uh, get used to it yeah. and really kind of like kind of jive with it. <laughs> and as a result, I kind of came away from the experience being like, man, I, you know, I was compelled the entire way through to uh, see it through to the end, but I really feel like this game missed out on like really selling me on why its combat was great, even though I could tell that under the hood there was potentially a really great combat system in play. In the same way that playing through Metal Gear Solid 4, like there are so many guns in that game, so many like mechanics that the game introduces you to, so many like items and like gadgets that they can take advantage of, but because that game so seldomly features moments in which you can really take advantage of everything at Snake's disposal, you know you don't really walk away from that being like, oh man, what a fantastic stealth experience. And I feel like it's very, very similar here, uh, but for the survival horror genre. Yeah, I would agree with you, um, especially when it comes to playing as Alan, because I... This might have been something that I just completely missed in the first game, and maybe it's why I didn't like the first game as much as, as everyone else did too, but I I never understood, even by the end of the game, how you're supposed to approach combat as Alan. Like, what enemies mm. matter and what enemies don't? And do I shine the light on them, or do I refuse to shine the light on them? Do I run? Do I dodge? Do I... Sh I never understood it, and I never felt confident in what I was doing was the right thing to do, even by the very, very, very end of the game. Conversely, though, I did feel I I enjoyed um, Saga's combat because her I mean her just generally her entire storyline was more grounded and and traditional a little bit with the exception of you know still using light as a tool. Mm. Um, but yeah, I I just I never that that kind of carries over to to the rest of the systems. I'll sum up my thoughts here. The negative part of my thoughts. I'll sum up the negative because there is a lot that I like about this game. Mm. I'll sum up the negative part of my thoughts uh, with a metaphor. There are two ways that you can surprise an audience. You can either lead them to believe one thing and then do a reveal when the opposite is true or something different is true, right? That's one way you can cause surprise. The other way to cause surprise is that you can disorient your audience completely so they have no idea what the fuck is going on so that by the, by the end, whenever you do a reveal, you're like, oh, okay, that's what it was the whole time. And it's starting to make sense. And that's where I feel like 
the entire game kind of lands. I spent 15 hours in this thing and I texted our secret discord, which for us is just a group chat because we're old. Um, I texted our secret discord and just said, I don't feel like I know what the fuck I'm doing as Alan in this game. Like I'm just going from place to place and interacting with object and object until something works and I leave a place and I don't know why I'm doing what I'm doing or how to fight. Um, and I feel like that same thing carries over to the, the narrative and the story as well. Like I had no idea what the fuck is going on or who is anything. I, I even watched several. I watched several here's everything you need to know before Ellen Wake 2 videos. And I'm still like, what the fuck is happening in this game? But then the last 25% of the game, I feel like I, I got 60% of the way there. I'm still kind of like, does anything I just did matter? I don't understand what's going on, and I don't understand the ramification. What's coming next? I, so, yeah, I, I felt disoriented and confused a lot of the time, but still really driven to finish this thing and see where it went, which is which is a good thing. So that's kind of, that's kind of my negative views on it. Hmm. But there's a lot to like. Yeah, you, you know, it's funny on the subject of... Uh, the combat of this game and you've like having a lot of difficulty with the combat in the Alan Wake sections uh, on the podcast I was on two weeks ago I said man it's going to be hard to go back to the original Alan Wake coming off of this game and now having completed Alan Wake 2 like th there are a lot of ways in which Alan Wake 2 is a superior game to Alan Wake 1 but I actually find myself appreciating kind of how down the middle of an experience the original Alan Wake was, how much of a kind of straightforward action game and how much, at least I found its combat to be kind of easy to read. And it's one of those things where like going forward, like I'm actually kind of looking forward to eventually getting to that Alan Wake one replay because I feel like what that game, you know, will be lacking in terms of story and characterization compared to two, I feel like it will make up for in terms of just the combat and the a to b of what are you doing and why are you currently doing it uh being much more straightforward uh, that's just me Kayla, I, I know you didn't love alan wake one no i didn't i didn't like alan wake one a lot for for the for the hokey dialogue the terrible active voice acting over top of all of it and like the the super melodramatic awful voiceover that's why i didn't enjoy it much and then the combat of course was nothing like to write home about it was super simple but kayla asks in the chat uh can't wait to get this game if i i did not play the first one do you think i can just jump in i will personally say two things one kayla if you are kayla jk games kayla go ask jerica about podigotes there's a special message for you um if <laughs> Um, oh, second thing, specific. I did play Alan Wake entire, entirely, and I did play Control, including the Alec, Alan Wake expansion in there, and I watched two videos, and I still felt like I was unprepared. So I don't know if you have to play the first game, but you should absolutely, you should at least watch a video, I think, of the first, of the, you know, recapping who the characters are and kind of what this lake is. Everyone says that the game, uh, spot video... That recapping the all watched, the Alan yeah. Wake lore is, the, is a really good one. So I guess that's what... There's another good video of Sam Lake, who is creative director at Remedy and also stars in the game. There's another great video of him doing a recap on IGN um, that, that filled in a couple of gaps, too, that I had forgotten about or that were different, too. So maybe watch both of them. <laughs> They're 15 minutes each. Uh, 
I'll say this uh, with regards to whether or not you can play Alan Wake 2 right off the bat, having not played any other Remedy games or the original Alan Wake, you know, half of the Alan Wake 2 experience is playing as Saga, who is a completely new character to the series, hadn't been in any of the prior titles, and who is uncovering the story of Alan Wake alongside you, the player. And so I'd imagine that if you were playing the game like completely like removed from any other context of any other remedy game, you would at least be able to like connect to and find solace in Saga's character because she's just as sort of confused as you are. She is piecing things together. Whoops, accidentally hit that. Piecing things together at the same rate at which you are piecing things together. So it might actually work from that perspective, but I, I don't disagree with Chad that it might be worth brushing up on a few videos first. At least know, at least have an understanding of who Alan is who Alice is, who Mr. Scratch is, and what the lake does. I think that's really the main things that you need to know. And then no, extra not, credit. Not Sam Lake. Not the Sam lake. lake. The Lake. But also, uh, just a little bit of context about control, the game Control too, and the Federal Bureau of Control. Uh, it's no secret, I think, that, that <laughs> they now are this heavily is beginning to. Here. Now this is beginning to sound like a grocery list. I gotta be honest. <laughs> So those anyway, those are those are all covered in there. Um, I want to talk about some good things about it. I the the atmosphere in this thing is obviously fucking incredible, and that's Remedy mm. has been done, doing a great job of that for a long time. The universe building is really exciting. There were multiple times where I was pumping my fist in the air. In fact, I even sent one to a video of myself doing it that I recorded live while I got to a particular part of the game. I was just like, yes, yes, it's so cool. Um, so yeah, I love this this extended universe that Remedy's building across all of their games, familiar faces, familiar environments or people, like those kinds of things. Um, and then, yeah, just the, the, the world building itself and the actual environments that you're in look stunning. I would say, Adam, you were talking about playing it on console versus Epic Games. Do not watch the Digital Foundry video if you plan on doing that, because I did watch that before I played it, and I watched, oh, look at all the ray tracing and shit that's available, and the reflections everywhere, and you can see the actual detail in the lace of the curtains reflected on the... And then I played the PS5 version, where the ray tracing is nowhere near that detailed, and, like, a lot of reflections, even on quality mode, a lot of reflections were, like, just kind of shimmery blurs of yourself, and I was like, oh, damn, now I kind of wish that I was a PC nerd and I could play it on PC instead. Um, yeah, I already know my GP my GPU can do control with everything maxed out and whatever, but I already looked at the recommended and I don't think I can run all the way to oh, okay. maxed okay. out. So But yeah, so the environment spooky, scary. It, this game is I think feel like more I don't think it's as scary, although there are some jump scary moments of just shit that pops up for no reason. But it's more creepy freaky than than actually scary. Um what am I saying? I am meandering so much. Alex, talk about some good shit, and then I'll pop in with some other stuff. Uh, talk about some good shit. Problem is, is I'm trying not to. You know, I'm trying to keep the spoilers at a minimum. Yeah. Um. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, I I will say, did have a lot of fun assembling the like uh, investigations as Saga. Uh, yeah. Because obviously, Alan Wake and Saga. Alan Wake can like basically use storyboards to kind of rewrite the rules and narrative of the world around him. Saga can basically piece together clues um, from 
dialogue conversations, uh, pieces of like manuscript that she finds on the ground, various other things that she observes in the environment around her to kind of like figure out the story as it happens. Definitely had a lot of fun with that. And I definitely liked a lot of the late game twists that come up concerning the mind palace in which she does a lot of that stuff. That stuff's pretty cool. I appreciated that a lot because of how obtuse and meandering the entire story was in general. So to be able to come back to that board and just have some concrete facts that I can group. And then once you get all the facts around one particular area, it like turns blue and it gives you a little description of like, all right, here's the summary of this thing here. So I'm like, okay, thank you. I at least have a recap of what just happened in this particular area. So I, I appreciated that. And I know a lot of people in, in early reviews that I heard were were kind of like, I wish it was more. I wish it, you were actually like doing detective work on this thing. And I was like, I was just happy to have that there as a recap because otherwise I would have been completely lost. And if I had to do more shit and do detective work on that, I don't know if I would have been able to do it. And the last good thing I'll say about this game before we move on is I really do like the ways in which uh, this game integrates the lore of the Federal Bureau of Control yeah. uh, into its narrative. There are a lot of ways in which the Bureau is very directly intertwined into the game's narrative. And then there are a lot of like fun little Easter eggs to be found here and there. And I appreciated that because I feel like you know, nowadays, interconnected universes are becoming a little bit of a dirty word. And I think part of that reason is oftentimes with these Marvel movies, it kind of feels like every time there's some sort of tie-in crossover reference to another property, they really have to spotlight, hey, look at that. That's a element from that other thing. It's crossing over into this one. Look at that. Make sure that you see that and appreciate that. And I appreciate that this game, like... Again, it has that like more front-facing stuff that it's not hiding, but then it also has a lot of stuff that's there for if you know it, if you recognize it as such. And yeah, yeah appreciate it. I think that was my favorite thing about this is the exploration of that connection between the two. And I think that's why I like this game. And I think if I went back and played Alan Wake Remastered with the lens of Control now and the fact that they are in the same universe, which we learned from Control, so that's not a spoiler for this, then I, I think I might appreciate Alan Wake one more because Control takes really goofy, stupid things, but somehow makes them real and also scary in its universe and grounded somehow. Like it takes, I don't remember if these are actual real things, but I know there was a flamingo, like a plastic yard flamingo that, I don't know, jumps through time and shit. There's a, a Chris, fake Christmas tree that eats people. There's like these stupid things in people's homes that are these objects of power and do wild things that like, if I now go back to Alan Wake Remastered and think about this hokey dialogue and these really melodramatic, dripping, cheesy manuscripts that he's writing and the narration and view that as just like this weird, dumb thing that's happening in the control universe, I think I might appreciate it more rather than just thinking, wow, this is some really terrible dialogue and some awful voice acting over a game that doesn't have great combat. So I think I might go back, as much as I didn't like it when we played it for Barf several years ago, I think I might go back and play Alan Wake, Alan Wake 1 Remastered. Hell yeah. I'm definitely 100% going back to Control, because I never played the PS5 version, and it has its own separate Platinum trophy. So I'm definitely going to go back to Control right after this. After, of course, don't. Jedi Survivor and Lies of P and Baldur's Gate 3 and You'll get there Starfield when you get there. and all of these other things. So... 
and Final Fantasy VII and Final Fantasy VII Remake there again. And I, Final I thought we agreed to stop playing these. <laughs> and Final Fantasy VII <laughs> Crisis Core. I'm going to do all those before February when the new one comes out, mm. Adam. Yeah, yeah. Go back to that mobile game that you love so much. No, the fuck that uh, game. Ever Crisis sucks. <laughs> Moving on to the quest log, we got two huge stories that'll take over under 5.1 minutes to get through. Um, KOTOR Remake, Da Fuck Is Up, from WesleyInpool at IGN.com. Amid continued silence from embattled games company Embracer about the status of uh, Star Wars National Old Republic Remake, developer Saber Interactive is reportedly still soldiering? Yes. I thought yeah. for some reason it was soldering, but I'm like, soldering that doesn't on. make any sense. Yeah, soldering We're gonna on. We're going to put this uh, right on the motherboard. Just, just put it in there with the heat. Uh, KOTOR Remake was thought dead after Embracer had Saber Interactive take over falling significant trouble at original developer Aspire. Jason Schreier posted on x slash Twitter... Can't, uh, quote, can't say whether the KOTOR remake will ever uh, actually come out. But yes, two, pe two people from Saber Interactive <laughs> tell me they're still on it, despite recent rumors that nobody is working on the game. Uh, according to reports, Aspire had targeted a late 2022 release date for the remake, but Insider suggested 2025 was a more realistic target. It's now even more unclear how this project will continue. Again, Adam's just going to tap dance on the grave of Aspire because it's funny, <laughs> but I do like, I do like how the quote is that there are two people said that they're still working on it. Whatever that, I would love that job. Like, there's like four dudes in the corner of an office. Is like we're the Kotor team, so we just get a free paycheck for sitting here and not doing anything because that game doesn't <laughs> exist. That sounds like I, a great, great game. Man, I hope we don't hear about this game until it's either conclusively canceled or conclusively back from the dead. We'll see. It's not in this report, but I, I don't know because I've listened to so many shows and shit. I think it was like Aspire showed it. I think to. Sony, because Sony was publishing it, because it's going to be us five, um, or maybe they were co-partner or whatever, and they showed it to Lucas, and they were like, no, this is not what we want, and then that was probably like two, three years ago, and now it's like, I'm with you, it, isn't it weird, not connected to this, do they, do people cancel games anymore, or do they just be, or are they just quiet about it forever, and we just assume that they die? Because I don't feel like I hear about stuff getting canceled. Yesterday, we just saw Deep Down from Capcom got their trademark, not renewed, but a brand new trademark for it. Deep Down is a game wow. that was released, or that was shown off at, like, the PS4 Bathroom. reveal. That was a PS4 launch. That was a PS4 okay. reveal, like, launch event they showed off. <laughs> <laughs> the goose is back. Fucking He's in goose. London. And so and that's right, thing they never, never got announced canceled. that it was canceled. It yeah, never, never got canceled, canceled and they just made a new trademark for it. So no, nothing and is that canceled. Game does anymore. not exist. Nope. Yeah. Unless the studio completely shuts down, there's no people don't cancel games anymore. Yep. So we will never hear about this game getting canceled, but it will also never happen. Um wild shit, wild shit. All right, going on to our last story for the day. Game series hits a milestone. Anthony Wood at IGN. This is also the point where Adam's like, I gotta fill this. This list out. We got to <laughs> put something on here. Developer Don't Nod's supernaturally infused episodic adventure title Life is Strange has surpassed 20 million lifetime players since its launch in January of 2015. Uh, Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Read a post from the game's official account on X slash Twitter. Something we are very grateful for. The original Life is Strange has hit over 20 million players. We want to thank each and every one of you for playing. So that's a thing that happened this week. 20 million for the first game specifically, not for the Dang. Total uh, franchise. Interesting, though. Um, yeah, that's a thing that happened. Good for them. That's something that... That's, I believe that's on Game Pass, too. I think that's how I played... 
new colors. They were we did at one point. Barf. I know like one and two were at some point were on there. <laughs> and I think true colors the as well. The hey guys, goose. I'm back. All right. Hey. Um, so yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure after a game has been out that long that no, fuck, wait, Life is Strange only came out in 2015. The first one came out in 2015. Yes. Yeah. Why do I feel like that game? Holy shit. We're, we're close to death. We're so old. I literally just thought, why did I think that game came out a decade ago? And it's literally nine years ago. So oh, yeah, it's, um, it's right there. Yeah. That game, if I remember correctly, that was like a game that came to like PS3 and Xbox 360, like late into those consoles uh, life cycles. Like I remember I did I even no, I played it on PlayStation 4 first, but I remember it coming to PlayStation 3 before that. Yep. I just have no no way of understanding how long ago January 2015 was. It was nine years ago in two months. That's two. That's. I'm going to throw up. Cradle to the grave, baby. Uh, and that's all the stories for the week. So I guess we're going to move on to our. Oh, I wish I could remember the janitor song from Control. The segment from Adam. <laughs> there we go. Perfect. That janitor is such a cool guy. So this time it's the end of the month. Hey, we're doing. I've never called it this before, but I guess Meta Monthly is what I'm calling the segment now. Uh, we... That just that association with Facebook just makes me squirm. But okay, <laughs> Metacritic Monthly. I guess I'll say okay. the whole thing. Where we determine, or not we determine, we go through Metacritic and see what's the best reviewed games of the month that we're currently in. So these are the best reviewed games for November. Maybe potential Pody goaties in here. Who knows? We'll talk about it. Number one on the list at an 88 is the Talos Principle 2. That Which we learned from last game. week. Mm. Got snubbed. It did get snubbed. It was not on any list because it probably came, I mean, it came out in November. So uh, probably did not. Check that box, but that's probably something I'll check out at some point. Next up, and an 86 Star Ocean, the second story R, which was the remake. That was like the really pretty remake of the game that I'll never play, but I had it in Fantasy League. It got me some points. I was very happy. Very cool. Number three on the list at an 83, just so, just so, just so, just so, uh, at an 83 on Metacritic, and then also an 83 Super Mario RPG. Oh, fuck Remake. yeah. All right. Was also on here as well. Uh, and that's it. That's everything that was above an 80. That's what we're talking about. Seems like a slower month, but we're also at the end of the year. So that's fine. I would say I don't like Jusant that much. <gasps> I've heard. I think it's fine. Yeah. It's okay. Like, it was a game that I looked up how long to beat when I was like halfway through. I was like, okay, I'll just skip these collectibles because I'm not going to go for 100% because I don't actually care. And it's quick enough to beat. It was fine. It was cool. But I'm just in a secret Discord, and there's people in there that are like, man, you guys got to play it. It's wonderful. I'm like, I don't know, man. I don't think if I made a top eight indie game of the year list, it would not be on it. But it was the third best reviewed game of the month. So that tells me what kind of month it is. Yeah. Well, we have other months well it's like it tied with Super Mario RPG, which was fantastic. Tie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it is weird because, like, typically November is like a month for big releases during the year and like this month did have a lot of big releases but I feel like a lot of them like ended up in that like unenviable like high 70s range like the like a Dragon Gaiden game mm -hmm. or WarioWare or Persona 5 Tactica all, all like good games that you know are purportedly worth playing but like not 
quite as high as perhaps you would want them to be. It also yeah. used to Look, be November was like the it was the month for Titanfall, for Call of Duty, for all like those kinds of things. Yeah. But I feel like as an industry over the last 10 years since 2015, um, we, <laughs> <laughs> nine years ago, I feel like it like we've discovered September. And so like just, there used to be this graveyard of nothing coming out from like June to, to October. But now people are like, let's not be afraid of August and September. And that's when we got Armored Core 6 and we got Starfield and Baldur's Gate. And we got all of these big hitters. And I think it's just Mario Wonder, Spider-Man 2, and yeah. Alan Wake in a seven-day period. Exactly. Alan Wake yeah. literally like sneaking in there at the very end of October. Like we can't release it in November. We have to get it into not- October somehow. Yeah. That's so yeah, I think just things are moving earlier in the year, maybe for game of the year consideration, now that that's becoming a, that's a, true. a bigger deal. Mm-hmm. Um rather than just sales on Black Friday. So who knows? Yeah. If you're able to. I will say though, it so I think by the time we rec- yeah, by the time we record game of the year, it shouldn't matter. But I'm interested to see this list next month. Because where's Avatar going to be on this list? Is it going to be above an 80? Because I won't include it if it's not. Avatar Pandora? Avatar? Yeah. Pandora tomorrow. (laughs) It comes out in December. I don't know the day. No. I think it's like end of December or something Why do I feel like that's still seven years away? Well, who knows? They might push it at the last minute. It's supposed to come out December of last year. It's coming out December this year, reportedly. Hi, Ligashiza. December 7th. 7th? Oh, so early December. Next week. Even better. Maybe next we'll Thursday. play it and beat it before we record game of the year. Maybe no. it gets on the list. No, Alex said he's going to do it. I'm not doing. Did it. I? You you made a big deal because no, we weren't. I think Chad was not excited for the Avatar game. You're like, I'm going to buy it and play it just to spite you. <laughs> you know what? I don't remember seeing that. Maybe I will now. Okay. Maybe I will. It's Game Awards Day. It comes out on the day of Game Awards. Oh. Wow. They, they're like, we, we own this day. This is ours. Uh, but anyways, yep, that's it for Metacritic Monthly. Only one more of these. Actually, might not even do next month because we'll be having weird schedules. Cause I mean, it's fucking also nothing's coming out next month. Well, well I mean, Avatar. Out. We just discussed uh, yeah, this coming right, out. You're right, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. No, right, right. That's the big that one. That brings us to Game on Game Show, the game on our gaming show called Game on, the gaming show on our game show, Game on Game, 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 Game. I messed well, that one up. You I'm just sorry. did it wrong. I, yeah, I did it wrong. You did it wrong. I did it wrong. Yeah. Gotcha. Ladies yeah. and gentlemen, <laughs> yeah, you it got is me. time. You got me. <laughs> Are you done? Yeah, I'm done. Alex, do whatever Ladies you want. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for TMI with NPD for the year 2006. Woo! Send the month let out me tell with you, a big old disappointment with me. <laughs> let me tell you. Let me tell you. I am really excited for this round of TMI with NPD because the 2005 list... I got to be honest, I thought that list was a little bit of a wash. A lot of sequels, a lot of licensed games, three Star Wars games, somehow. Just not a very interesting list to wade our way through. And I feel like that's been true of a lot of these mid-2000s lists. The 2006 list, this is an interesting list. And that's all I'll say about that. This was Uh, like heart of... This was the one-year head start 360 had on PS3, right? Yes. Okay. PS3 is the end of this year. Okay. As is the Wii. Oh, and the Wii uh, as well. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. It's good uh, to know. Two little bits of housekeeping before we get into this. Number one, uh, the Chad lock is still in play. Okay. So after 
uh, two clues into any entry on this list, you can say Chadlock, and then I will give you the right to exclusively guess what you think it is from okay. that point on. Uh, second thing is I'm changing up the way that we are going to deal with a game that has appeared on these lists a lot. Uh, from here on out, Madden. I am just going to say <laughs> I'm just going to say up front where Madden is on the list. And when we get to that spot on the list, we'll just say, hey, here's Madden on the list. And here's th- let's go ahead and let's guess whatever game is after it. If there is a game after it. Can okay. I, um, can and I compens- give a... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I just want to say, whenever it comes up, I know because you're writing these same Madden over and over, but when it comes up, I can, from memory, can tell you facts about that year's Madden. So we can do that instead. You are more than open to do so, although you will not get any extra points for it. Um, To compensate for the fact that Madden will be out of play, uh, I've decided that we will, from here on out, start integrating the number 11 uh, game into the list. So we will do number eleventh uh, to the first, but uh, again, we will exclude Madden because it's just not very fun to constantly be like, "Hey guys, this one's a sports game. It's a game you've heard about before. <laughs> it's published by EA." Uh, with that out of the way, uh, Madden was the number one best-selling game of the year two thousand six. Whoa! Oh, surprise! So Madden seven was number one, and with that established uh, as the number one. Th- best-selling game of the year 2006 let's talk about number 11 the number 11 best-selling game of the year 2006 per the npd group is a shooter it's based on the works of a now deceased author it features a heavy emphasis on strategic coordination while completing various mission objectives and despite what its title would imply it's neither a game boy advance game nor a medal of honor sequel i will go through and i will read the clues again uh the number 11th best-selling game of the year 2006 per the npd group is a shooter Tom clancy's advanced warfighter that is correct ah, i was like what okay. is the subtitle what is it it's uh- <laughs> yeah i was like Okay, Advanced Warfighter, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, there you go. There we go, 1.4 Adam. All right, number 10. Was that a, had to be an Ubi game, because it's top fantasy, right? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, The number 10 best-selling game of the year 2006, per the NPD group, uh, is a game that was available exclusively on the Xbox 360 and Windows for exactly one year. It was critically lauded at the time and is still generally remembered as one of the best games of the year it released. But it was also heavily criticized at the time for the way that some of its microtransactions... Elder Scrolls Oblivion. That is correct. Damn. Horse armor, baby. All right, Even when it nine. came to PlayStation, it didn't run, so it was still exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the number nine best-selling game of the year 2006 per the NPD group is a sports game mm. albeit a different kind of sports game from what we have dealt with in the past oh shit mm. okay it is the third entry in its series and it actually has the number three in its title it is an EA published game hmm 
And fun fact, uh, as part of a deal Nintendo had with EA Sports to have its IP appear in EA franchises, uh, this game's direct NBA Street Fighter 3. That is incorrect. Oh, okay. This game's direct predecessor, so not this game, but the game that came directly before it, featured Little Mac as a playable character. Fight Night Round 3? That is correct. Oh, shit. Okay. Little Mac was in 2, huh? That's funny. Yeah, Yeah, three points on the board for Adam. Chad, you better. That's right. He's got he's got up. number eleven, ten, and nine. Those are the least valuable. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll get that's, the top that's one. All right, all right. <laughs> I got number one. Here we go. The number eighth best-selling game of the year, two thousand six, per the NPD Group, is a role-playing game. It's a game that got a mixed to positive reception at the time of its release that in the years since has been reclaimed by fans as one of the best games in its series. Despite releasing the same year as the PlayStation 3's launch... Mass Effect 1? That is incorrect. Final Fantasy 12. That is also incorrect. Uh, Despite releasing the same year as the PlayStation 3's launch, uh, it released exclusively on the PlayStation 2 and remained a PlayStation 2 exclusive for some time. And even diehard fans would agree that its plot isn't so simple and clean anymore. Kingdom Hearts 2. Kingdom Hearts 2. That is correct. Damn it. Damn it. Which, gotta say, I mean, obviously the Kingdom Hearts series has always sold well, was not expecting it to be number eight on this list, but question. Yeah, shout out. How much time was between this one and one? Was it Four the massive years. jump between? Oh, so two and three was the massive wait. Okay. Yeah. So gotcha. yeah. So one came out in two thousand two. Two comes out in two thousand and six. It's funny because it's like, it's like right at the end of the PlayStation 2's life cycle. Like it's actually quite a bit of time between the two games. Um, although there was the Game Boy Advance game in between them that kind of. Bridge the yeah, gap there was Dream Drop Distance 352 over six half and a days. No, those come there later. Were those Final come Chapter later. Remix Redux 2.8 and 2.9. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> You're right. We You're go. right, though. <laughs> uh, let's talk about number seven. The number seven best-selling game of the year 2006 per the NPD group is a franchise that finally managed to crack this list's top ten. And it will be the last time that it's ever at the number seven spot on any of these lists. Mm. It is an Activision published game. And Guitar Hero 3. It is Call of Duty 3. Oh, damn which it. means that Adam now has five points on the board. <laughs> Chad, your only your only shot of winning this at this point is to tie him by getting the next five all correct oh, I will. and then I will. I'll come up with a tiebreaker at the I end. I mean he did so good last time we played it I just feel like I had to try to get back to my old ways. <laughs> that's you what, know? This I sent him a text message right before this. I said Adam I'll let you win this one. I feel bad <laughs> that's for what you. it was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. All right, here we go. Number six. Uh the number six uh best selling game <clears throat> of the year two thousand six per the NPD group is a licensed game. Hmm. It's title 
consists of four words. The fourth word is adventures. The first word is the name of the property. And the second and third words refer to a name of a location from the property. I'm just getting that in there because I don't feel like either of you might immediately get it if you didn't know that. It features two characters on its cover art. One voiced by Larry the Cable Guy and the other What's gonna be by an actor game? that appeared in both seasons of Loki. Yeah, I just don't know what the it's, name of this game is going to be. It's Cars Something Something Adventures. <laughs> Cars, Cars Radiator Spring Adventures? That is correct. Mater's. Oh, right. oh shit. Radiator <laughs> <laughs> Springs Adventures. What, what was this on the list? Number five? Number six. Jesus Number Christ. Number six? What this happened? Is, this was before the Wii, too, when it was just garbage shovelware all the time. Oh, my Wait, God. Wait, what platform was this on? I guess everything, right? It, yeah, it had to be, Jesus. right? Jesus. Yeah, was that like a 360 PS3 launch title? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, let's see here. Cars, Radiator, Springs, Adventures. There's no... Published by THQ. Not surprising. Uh, It only says Microsoft Windows in terms of the platforms, but that can't be right. No, there's no way to be this high on the list. Mm -hmm. Only be on Windows. I don't know. People fucking love Mater. I guess so. Yeah. All right, let's move on to number five. Uh, The number five best-selling game of the year 2006, per the NPD group, is a sequel to a game on the 2005 list. Mm. It features a grand total of 68 playable characters. It was originally revealed to the public... Lego Star Wars 2? That is correct. What? There are 68 characters in that game? They get yes. more and more as they go on. Buddy. Are you kidding me? That's fucking bonkers. Yeah. Chad, this might be a clean sweep for <laughs> Adam at this point. I knew it. I knew as soon as we got to the, the thousands, it was all downhill. <laughs> all right. Here we go. Number four. Uh, the number four best-selling game of the year 2005 per the NPD group uh, is a sequel. Uh, yes, correct. 2006. Okay. okay. That was a typo on my part. Uh, is a sequel to a game that did not appear on the 2005 list. So the Hmm. opposite of Lego Star Wars 2. It's a game that features music. Guitar Hero 2. That is correct. Yeah, that's got to be on here. Wow. Chad, the combo breaker. Good good job. Was one on consoles? I feel like I only remember that game being popular when 2 came out. Yeah, I only remember 2. Yeah. I think I might have Guitar Hero 1 on PS2, but Mm. I don't know. All right. Number three. The number three best-selling game of the year 2006 per the NPD group is a sports game. It features former USC player Reggie Bush. Football 07. (laughs) That is correct. (laughs) (laughs) All right. It was on the tip of my tongue. I was this close. Excuse yeah. me. This close. You know who Reggie Bush is, right? Yeah, yeah. It's the part of the woman that is where the babies are made. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. That's a name for it. Yeah. All right, here we go. Uh, number two, although this is technically the last one. Uh, the number two best-selling game of the year 2006, per the NPD group, is a shooter. Halo 3. Incorrect. 
Okay. Uh, Gears of War. That is correct. Oh, oh shit. Really? In Number its first two. year, a uh, new property. Yeah, I'm just going to read the prompts yeah, yeah. I made for Go this for one. It. It's the first game in a long-running series that has not had a new entry uh, since before the pandemic. Uh, its protagonist is known for wearing a do-rag, and one could say that its events take place in a mad world. I'm surprised mm. that that made it to number two, right behind old trusty Madden. Yeah. Being a brand new IP on a console that has only been out a year, so like probably didn't have a ton of install base on it. That's impressive. Well, you have to probably assume, because remember 360 was hot as fuck. This is probably for the end of... I, they probably marketed it as like, this is the Xbox game for the, you know, the console that everyone was buying at the time. I mean, oh, I'm yeah, and it, it didn't launch well. with Halo, did it? No. I think that, don't want to spoil it, it that might be next time. Perfect Dark Zero and... Yeah, yeah. yeah so this was probably okay. the first big, like, pay attention to this video If game. you get an Xbox, this is like one of your three things that you can get. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm. Okay. Uh, so Some other highlights from the list. At the number 12th spot, uh, The Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess... Which mm. I, I was a little bit shocked right? to, to oh. see it. Um, so it was cross-gen, but I don't remember if the GameCube version came out that same year or like the following year. Mm, okay. um, I was a little bit surprised to see it at the number 12 spot, but like the problem is, is right. It only came out towards the end of the year. And also like the Zelda series actually didn't sell that well until we got to Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild really like exploded, but the series was like, you know, it, it always sold well. It didn't sell like incredibly well, especially compared to big hitters like Madden and so on. Mm -hmm. um, the number 14 spot, we have new Super Mario Bros. DS. Okay. Uh, and at the number 16 slot, we have Final Fantasy 12. Ah, uh, there's 12. Yeah. yeah. Is that the MMO one or one of the MMO? No, ones? 11's the MMO. Well, it's 11 and 14. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 12 is, that's not the one that no one likes. Zodiac Age. That's I. Mm. I've not played. I've played the first couple hours of twelve, and I couldn't. I know get people into don't it. like thirteen. That's what they don't like. What's, what's her name? Lightning. Yeah, it's lightning. Yeah, twelve. Lightning McQueen. <laughs> I, I've not played. I've not played Final Fantasy twelve, but my my understanding is that it's a. It's very similar to Kingdom Hearts two, where people felt mixed about it at the time. But I feel like there's been a like resurgence of people reclaiming it and being like, actually, it's really good. But again, I've not played. Once it. people realize it's been twenty years, and they question their mortality and think it was good, just like Chad did earlier in today's <laughs> podcast. Yes, and that is all for TMI with NPD for the year two thousand six. Join us again in two weeks for two thousand and seven. Awesome! Thank you, Cozy, for a game on game show, and that brings us to the end of episode three thirty three of Respawn Aim Fire. Uh, your homework is getting less and less as we get towards holiday break, so you don't have to worry about going to vote for Barf. You've already voted. In fact, Alex played Cocoon. I played Hi-Fi Rush and Alan Wake 2, and Adam is going to play Alan Wake 2 as well for, for our Barf games. Um, the survey is closed for those of you who would like a small something physical in your mailbox who are patrons over at patreon.com slash respawnaimfire. So those will be going out here in the next week or so, and you'll be getting them in the mail. So keep a lookout for those if you were one of the people who responded to that. Um, what else? What else? What else? Oh, if you are also a patron over at patreon.com slash fire, you right now have a few more days of exclusivity to look at our Who Wants to Be Millionaire Inspired Locked and Loaded series, which is, uh, again, uh, uh, just an, knocked it out of the park 
Alex Cozina um, exclusive gig. Uh, so go check that out. Everyone else, you can view that starting on December 1st-ish, uh, depending on how we, whether we get all the settings turned around in time. For those of you who are patrons, you are getting a new one for the month of December, which is being recorded tomorrow, correct? No, Tuesday. We're recording that on Tuesday. Tuesday, correct. So we're recording that Tuesday. It'll go up end of the week-ish uh, for you as well. So you'll have, again, exclusive access to that for the month. And uh, final couple of thoughts. Go to kindoffunny.com slash upandcomer and write in a little bit about Alex there, specifically for behind-the-scenes stuff. Uh, some little OBS work. Um, yeah. Go to youtube.com slash Alex Cozina and view that little girl's three 45 second videos. <laughs> and then you can go to uh, Alex Cozina seven something 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 seven two three. You can one. find my channel seven two three one. Correct. Uh, sorry, it was youtube.com slash Cozy Bear is her. YouTube.com slash Cozy Bear seven two three one is you. Yes. Yeah. So go check those out. Um, I think that's it, everybody. Alex, what's the name of your Twitch channel again that people can subscribe to right now in anticipation it, it of it going live later? Uh, it is twitch.tv slash Cozy Bear Live. K-O-Z-I-B-E-A-R-L-I-V-E. I wonder if that little girl who made that YouTube channel 16 years ago is the same person who has that Twitter and the same person who has twitch.tv slash Cozy Bear. You think she ever got older? Maybe. Or is she still that little girl 16 years later? No, she was By brutally way, murdered 15 today, years ago. Today, she's Michelle Obama. <laughs> real quick. Uh, real quick, so that people don't get confused when they try to look it up. To, to search up the correct channel, you have to do youtube.com forward slash at the at symbol Cozy Bear 7231. Oh, right. right. Yeah, you need the at symbol in there. Yeah. Excellent. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. Until next time, here's our usual sign-off. Chickens don't clap!